has been accustomed ever since he was a boy to having a dozen incompatible philosophies danced together inside his head. He doesn't think of doctrines as primarily true or false, but as academic or practical, outworn or contemporary, conventional or ruthless. Jargon, not argument, is your best ally in keeping him from the church. Don't waste time trying to make him think that materialism is true. Make him think that it is strong, or stark, or courageous. That is the philosophy of the future. That is the sort of thing he cares about. Hello, all you happy people. Uh, so, guess what? And I regret to inform you, you are now listening to a podcast that involves me, Sean, and unfortunately... This is where you come in. Wh- whiskey. Yes, that's all of it. It features whiskey. Sometimes we mm-hmm. talk, sometimes the whiskey talks. Usually it's both. We never know which one's going to be speaking more. At any rate... We are the Soupy Whiskey River, and then this is Sean, and I am Tyler, and I'm sorry. Indeed. So, we very much droned on, on our last one, uh, our last podcast, where we were talking about C.S. Lewis, um, and we're both happy about it, neither of us are upset, mm-hmm. uh, but going in line with what we've been doing, which is bringing up an author, talking about what makes them important to us, the immediately following podcast has always sort of been... Um, uh, this one's going to be different because in the other ones we've talked about video games uh, that were inspired by these people. Mm-hmm. And this time we're going a slightly different route, Sean. What are we doing? Uh, we are talking about, uh, well, some some writings uh, by our own C.S. Lewis. Uh, specifically, and it may continue on to other things, the screw tape letters. Mm. We made this decision very specifically because let's be brutally honest every single Mm -hmm. video game of which there are a few that has uh, been inspired by Lewis works has been (coughs) generously they've been terrible Mm -hmm. the I remember really enjoying the PS2 uh, Chronicles of Narnia game but it was so short that it's hardly worth speaking about Uh, you and I as like you know at like 12 and 13 or 14, I guess it was at Christmas, so you were 14. At like 12 and 14, I want to say, maybe a little older than that, uh, we beat it in a day. Yeah, and uh, I mean, essentially zero replay value. And Mm -hmm. um, I think the only reason that we enjoyed it, honestly, was because we finally had a C.S. Lewis game about the Chronicles of Narnia. We were Mm -hmm. kind of excited. Um, And I think we were only excited about the film because it was a film about the Chronicles of Narnia. And man, uh, in hindsight, when you go back, not good. Mm-hmm. Like when you take the the nostalgia filter off of it, not a fantastic movie. <clears throat> really, not a good game. Um, it's one of those cookie cutter. Hey, we released a movie. Let's release a game kind of games, uh, mm-hmm. which is the opposite of what we kind of. Well, it's the exact same thing, but it's the opposite feeling that we had about the um, 
Two Towers, Fellowship of the Ring, Lord of the Rings um, sort of games, the Return of the King being the, the best one for us. Those were yep. phenomenal. These were terrible. Um, we had fun, and then if you go back and look at gameplay and watch people do it, you're like, wow, garbage. So, because of that, big yawn, big yawn, big yawn, big yawn. Because of that, we decided to talk about um, what I will say is by far the most influential work of C.S. Lewis for me, and probably in your top three. Mm-hmm. Which is, if you're not familiar with Lewis, it is the Screwtape Letters. So, Indeed. this is one of the most interesting books um, I've ever read. And hands down, one of the most interesting concepts. So you essentially have a book that is fictional, but comprised of a bunch of letters written by, we're just going to say, an elder demon, an Mm -hmm. uncle in this case, uh, so to speak, Mm -hmm. as far as demon lineages go. I'm not sure if he's actually an uncle, but it's essentially um, the tutor writing to the pupil of an elder demon to a younger demon uh, talking about this younger demon's specific task, shall we say, of, of getting this man's soul. Um, it's very philosophical, technically. And it is one of the most impressive books about the human condition I've ever read. Absolutely. Before we get too deep into it, I do have a question for you, Tyler. You already know the answer. Ask me anyways. What are you drinking? Well, since we definitely definitely did not record mm-hmm. this within about a 10 minute span of recording or other one zero <coughs> chance that happened um i just decided well one week later i went and grabbed the same bottle of Belvini, which is a 14 year caribbean cask scotch ah excellent it is a single malt scotch whiskey and quickly becoming one of my all-time favorites mm-hmm. yes it's one of my favorite scotches myself um uh, my one of my other favorite scotches is one that I have that I'm not drinking today, but it is very delicious. It's another space side like what you have. It is Glenfiddich mm-hmm. Twelve. Big fan. Oh my! <coughs> I am drinking hot chocolate. Oh, beautiful! <laughs> I am a little envious because, um, like I, like I said earlier, I've definitely poured myself another glass, and definitely not the original glass that I poured myself two hours ago. I'm definitely not mm-hmm. still working on that same shot and a half of scotch zero chance that happened there's also zero percent chance that i have a tiny bit of elijah craig in the bottom of my other glass and it's a zero percent chance that it is the same glass that i poured in last week none whatsoever i'm specifically not pouring myself more and keeping myself to this shot and a half because here in a few hours we're actually leaving for the renaissance festival and i'm definitely going to have a glass of mead there so i have chosen not to overdo it ah i do like the the renaissance festival mead Technically, I could go to this Renaissance Festival and yours, uh, because the Oklahoma Renaissance Festival happens in June. Huh. And I did not know about it in June. <laughs> technically, you could go to both, because they're not the same one day. There are yeah, several that's, days. That's true. Yeah. So while you're right, you're also right. <clears throat> I'm, I'm just right. Well, enough about alcohol. I have chosen not to smoke in this one, because... Um, mm-hmm. Well, frankly, I got very disappointed, you know, last week when uh, mm-hmm. my. Um, sorry, lost my train of thought there. Um, yes. I got very disappointed. <laughs> 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 uh, 
I get very disappointed when my uh, when my tobacco was extremely dry, and also mm. when I inhaled half of it into my lungs. And by the tobacco, I mean the actual chunks of the tobacco, not the smoke. It was terrible. Ah, I hated it, excellent. and now I'm sad. Excellent. I am also not smoking this time, um, uh, because I mean I don't have a good reason for not smoking. Because these are recorded uh, not on the same day. If they were recorded on the same day, uh, it would be because I don't like having two bowls, one right after the other, in such quick succession. But uh, obviously that reason doesn't apply. <laughs> no, not in this case. No, whatsoever. <clears throat> yeah. Well, enough of this vaguely Monty Python banter. <laughs> uh, I get it. <laughs> Let's uh let's talk about this book. Um, mm-hmm. So so this one actually was inspirational enough for me. I actually wrote my uh, my capstone project for my bachelor's degree um, because mm-hmm. I was a music student. Um, had to be a piece of music and then a paper written about what I was writing about, and I actually chose to write, if you will, some theme music for this book, and then I wrote a very long paper about um, a little bit about. The screw tape letters, but also about the devil and music, because obviously I was writing music, and this is mostly about demons. And yeah, yes. I say it's entirely about demons, almost completely. Um, yeah. uh, I remember you doing this project because I made the visuals for it, and other than the intro, the visuals were almost non-existent, and I kind of felt mm-hmm. bad for making such poor visuals <laughs> for your capstone project. <laughs> but I will say, going back, it was. I mean, granted, we did this the night before it was due. So I'm uh-huh. not like I'm holding it to a high standard, but uh, the cinematography mm-hmm. on the one music video we decided to make was um, mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, we could have done better, and like we made no attempt to clean out the room that we were in. So it was just no. like a random no. like folding table in the corner and some just a box I'm, and stuff. I'm ninety percent sure there were actual clippings yeah. of your hair in the floor from a haircut you had had. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> like. But if if you don't pay attention to the background at all, you just look at the foreground, it was pretty cool because it was recorded in my house, which was a very old house. Uh, the house was built in the 1880s. So it's a very old house, looks like a very old house, has that old-looking architecture and everything, and then walked into the very old-looking room and had very a very occult-looking setup uh, mm-hmm. on the table. And... Um, uh, uh, and it, it was pretty neat. And if you and I had put like, you know, 45 seconds more effort into <laughs> making it look good, it would have been awesome. <clears throat> I had a, I'm going to describe it because I don't want people to watch it. We essentially mm-hmm. put some filters on a, a, a video with terrible lighting um, mm-hmm. recorded with, did we record that with your handheld camera? Yeah. Yeah. I had yeah. a, when I bought it, it was halfway decent. When we recorded it, it wasn't. <laughs> We, uh, we took a handheld Sony. Yep, little Sony just camcorder. Walked up Sean's stairs into his apartment, opened up the door, kind of did like a slow pan, went into a room where we had set up some, like Sean said, vaguely occultic stuff on the table, along with um, uh, there's a few pieces of paper. I um, I commissioned a friend of mine to write out in some on some um, aged looking parchment some of the quotes from the screw tape letters. <laughs> You're remembering wrong. It wasn't aged looking. It was blue. So 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 it was vaguely aged looking paper, and then it became more aged when Sean and Hannah vaguely destroyed it. I don't remember that part, but I believe it. 
one of you <laughs> set a cup of coffee on it and it had a ring on it and I felt like it was really appropriate. So I wasn't upset at all. It looked great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we recorded. It was terrible. And Sean did the um, we had some we'll just call them visuals because it, it was just like mm-hmm. some quick editing with like a. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't even like it was kind of like an EQ band, a visual EQ band. Yeah, um, so it, which is really yeah, cool I'll, I'll, a local effect on the words. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you what happened with that. Um, uh, you came to me and you said, "Hey, Sean, I want something like this by tomorrow. Is there any way you can do that?" And I said, "Absolutely, I can." You sent me the video files, and then I looked up a tutorial on how to do the thing you asked me to do, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty much how both of us do everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, they they didn't. They were done. Uh, the fun fun story about this. I actually had the beginning of the day before my project was due. I had my project mm-hmm. mostly done, and I sat down and I listened to it. And I went, "Well, this is garbage," and I deleted the entire thing <laughs> and wrote something like twenty minutes of music in probably four or five hours, all while talking to Sean, asking if we could do visuals. Went and recorded the visuals that night of the recorded side. <laughs> And then um, uh, I present it to my professor the following morning <laughs> in true college fashion. But um, Sounds before we right. can go off mm-hmm. on that tangent, um, what that was all about was because I, uh, was, I've always been very obsessed with the screw tape letters. It's, um, it's phenomenally written. It's very engaging. If you don't have any particular theological beliefs um, or atheism or whatever it's still a very good read um Mm -hmm. because it gives us a lot of insight into the way that we think without us really realizing that it's doing it in in a way um a lot of it is this elder demon talking to the younger demon and him describing how you would convert this person so to speak to steal this person's soul here's what you should do and here's why it works and here's what they're thinking and it's um it's rough to read uh, because you're like wow i do that yeah see here's here's the thing if you call yourself a christian and um uh, you read the screw tape letters and do not feel conviction then you have one of two things going on either your statement in calling yourself a Christian, you're deceiving yourself, or you're just such a phenomenally fantastic Christian that you're reading it instead of saying, man, I do that. It becomes, I remember when I used to do that. <clears throat> it's one or the other. I, I hold a slightly uh, different opinion mm-hmm. than that because I don't believe there's any individual in the world, period, mm-hmm. who could read this book and not go, wow, that's interesting. Um, like I like it's it's like wow I can't believe that that's is such a way to put how I'm screwing up into words. Um, for a Christian, if this book isn't a smack right in your face, I don't know what to tell mm-hmm. you, because uh, it just is. Uh, if you're just a normal human being walking the street that has no again no theological beliefs whatsoever, this is still a crazy eye-opening uh, experience into some things that maybe you didn't realize you thought maybe maybe you had a you realize some of these things are the way you thought, but you never really could put it into words the way that Lewis managed to. And uh, it's, I, I, I've I've never finished a book and put it down and felt, um, wow, 
I've never uh, I've never realized that I was the way that I was more than this book. I, I don't feel like you sometimes you read a book you go that was nice or you read a book and go well that was bad. I've never read a book like like this one and felt to the extent that this one made me feel of just like wow I need to get myself together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So and that was um, a terrible uh, way of wording that, but it still stands. Yeah. So I I do think that it would. Uh, it, it it could stand to reason that um uh, that there are such people who could read the screw tape letters and not feel convicted on it and just because th- such people are actually addressed in the book itself um because uh, he mentions um uh, there's a time that he was that wormwood was unable to tempt the patient because he was surrounded by the asphyxiating cloud that meant that he was close to them uh, close to him and showing and, and you know revealing himself directly for a time and he said there are some some humans are constantly surrounded by this cloud and are therefore inaccessible to us and i think that's addressing persons like what i said you just reach the point <laughs> and your walk with god that you're just like you know, it, it, you're you you're you've made it. <clears throat> I think the perfect accompanying quote to this book is not a C.S. Lewis quote, and um, you'll remember who it is because you're that guy. Uh, the perfect accompanying quote to this book, and I hope I don't butcher it because I don't have it in front of me, is the greatest lie the devil has ever told humanity is that he doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Oh crap! I forgot uh, who that was. Uh, it's a perfect accompanying quote to this book uh, um, in every single way. And I don't want to dive into why because I really just want... If anyone's listening to this, please go read this book. Um, it's it's so good. Um, it's, it's just such a good, deep look into you. And, and maybe, if, if you, again, if you're an atheist and you don't believe in, in the devil and demons, then read, read it anyways. Um, read it because... It's such a good look into maybe something you're not thinking about, um, into how you're actually being influenced in your day-to-day life. Um, your influences that you might think are subconscious um, are kind of pushed into a different realm uh, when you read this, because they no longer feel self-conscious. You'll never believe that you have any of these thoughts self-consciously again. Uh, you'll never mm-hmm. think of them as uh, as just. Uh, th- like something in the back of your brain just kind of push you in this direction, but it's you. You've evolutionarily come to this point in your life, and you think this way now. You'll never look at it that way again. Uh, it's pivotal, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that quote is typically attributed to Charles Baudelaire. Um, uh, in ish approximately 1844. Mm-hmm. But it said um, uh, uh, but John Wilkinson. Uh, published a version of that quote in 1836 and it's a, it's believed that earlier instances exist yeah, but whoever. Christopher McQuarrie's version for that he put into a movie harks back to Baudelaire's statement and that's fine I am I'm fine with it being mm-hmm. anyone um, mm-hmm. honestly this is it's one of the it's a very <clears throat> good quote first of all mm-hmm. um, yeah it's very very good but it's a perfect again I already said this but it's a perfect companion to this book it's something to mm-hmm. keep on a piece of paper uh, off to your right while you're reading it and look over and glance at it every few minutes after every chapter read that quote again and keep reading and mm-hmm. then read the quote again and keep reading uh, again life changing pivotal book and let's talk mm-hmm. about it 
<clears throat> yeah. Uh, I'm going to say this too. If you have a if you have a desk and on that desk you decided that you're going to keep an open Bible at all times and that's your Bible study desk, I would recommend keeping three books on that desk with you. Uh, keep them accessible on that desk. And that is the Screwtape Letters, Mere Christianity, and any compilation, any book written by or compilation of essays by G.K. Chesterton. <clears throat> For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I do kind of want to veer away from the level of theology we're putting into this, not because I don't yeah. think it's important. I think it's crucially important. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want people to listen to this and think, "Oh, this is inaccessible to me. I don't have those beliefs." No, um, mm-hmm. this is very, very. This is a very important book to every human being in the world. Um, not because, not because we're Christian and we want you to view a Christian book, or we're saying read this book because um, be converted or any of that kind of stuff. Um, yes, mm-hmm. but uh, read this book because it is life altering. <clears throat> Yeah. Now, I'm saying this. This will release on a Thursday, I believe, November 11th. That sounds about right. Uh, but this will release on a Thursday. Hey, November 11th, 2001. That's the 10 year anniversary for Skyrim. Thanks, Skyrim. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, uh, uh, this will release on a Thursday at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, and that's important to know because that means that. If you're in the United States, this will be early in the morning for you, no matter where you are in the United States. Do not listen to this episode when it comes out, and you as soon as it comes out. Wait until around noon, or one o'clock maybe, to listen to this, because the stuff we're talking about in this episode is important. Far too important for a morning. In fact, you better listen to it after lunch. <laughs> Which, the best part about this, hilarious, the best part about this is uh, if you've already started listening and it's early, well, too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh well. <coughs> they got me all joked up. And if you've not read the screw tape Letters, uh, <coughs> that quote that I, that thing I just said sounds really stupid. <laughs> very, very funny though. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> hold on, I'm dying. But. <coughs> that was strange. Indeed. <clears throat> But yeah, um, wow. So what is, what's the screw tip letters? Oh yeah. Oh, ne- never mind. I was gonna ask you what screw tip letters was about, but you're you're still dying. So I am. I've got a tickle <laughs> in my throat. I've got a little froggy in my throat. Um, the screw tip letters. I vaguely said this a second ago, mm-hmm. but the screw tip letters is C.S. Lewis writing a work of fiction. It is a collection of letters. Written from the elder demon, the <coughs> Uncle Screwtape, as you will, to his protege. Uh, mm. t- Wormwood is the name of the of his protege, and it is um, a bunch of individual. Um, mm, I, I I would I would view this as the same thing that Lewis did in his life, which was write a lot of letters to people of encouragement, um, uh, help, um, better understandings of the things that they were concerned with. But on on its head, I th- I'm I'm assuming that his um his correspondence with other individuals was his inspiration to write this in in a way, or at least write it in this way. Um, mm-hmm. these individual <coughs> letters contain, shall we say, the demonic methods of taking over someone's soul in a very very vague way of saying it. Um, 
it is it, it is a very dark book uh, because the implications are pretty aggressive um, all the way through. In fact, um, when some fans of the book, uh, not long after its release, beg Tolkien, oh wow, beg Lewis, my apologies, beg Lewis to write more. Um, and Lewis eventually did write the toast uh, later on, and he had mentioned in, I believe, in an interview letter later or, or a letter that he wrote to someone else later that doing so brought him into a very dark place um, to go back and revisit Screwtape uh, to kind of put himself back in that mindset. And uh, I believe that because reading this puts you in a very strange, dark mental state. Um, it's a lot... It's very taxing, in my opinion, to read uh, because... Um, not only are you thinking about it, not only are you um, kind of realizing some stuff about yourself while you're reading about it, you're realizing that these things you're realizing about yourself are demonic influences. <clears throat> and that's a hard mm-hmm. thing to wrap your head around as a human being. Um, so it's a very deep read. Uh, it's not chewy. It's very easy to understand. It's extremely easy to understand. Um, he puts it into a way that, uh, man, it's just, it, it, it's it's so crystal clear to you after you read it um, that the realization the revelation of reading it uh, kind of leaves you just you, I think I remember the first time I finished it I just kind of because it's a short read you can do it in one setting easily I remember I was sitting down I remember putting the book down and just kind of leaning back in my chair just going like holy crap um, uh, it, it, it hits you hard so read it all at once if you can strong recommendation there if you can't that's fine read a chapter at a time every day but just be prepared for it to not be a feel-good read, because it isn't. Absolutely not. Um, uh, but I do like something that was said about it. Um, uh, it was, uh, let's see. Uh, I have a, I have this quote up here. Let me bring go up to the top of the page here. Um, uh, one of the, another one of the purposes why this letter, why this book was written, um, uh, is because of well the concept I don't think it was from this quote from Martin Luther but the concept of this Martin Luther quote and I'm going to give the quote from Martin Luther and you'll understand why it works because the word it's obviously also satirical like against like like satirizing um, it's, it's very true but also satirical like it's kind of playing off the the demons as being kind of stupid and that is intentional, um, uh, because I'm, I'm going to give some quotes here. One from Martin Luther and one from Thomas More. First is Martin Luther, and that is, The best way to drive out the devil, if he will not yield text of scripture, is to jeer and flout him, for he cannot bear scorn. Mm-hmm. And then from Thomas More, The devil, the proud spirit, cannot endure to be mocked. And that's that's also kind of what this is. It's also, like, it's explaining, you know... Uh, giving a, a good explanation of how temptation will work in your life and how to avoid being tempted in those cases. But also, it's just, it's making a mockery of the tempters. Saying, look, they're trying so hard and they're doing this. But the whole thing, like, the tempters are making a mockery of themselves even. There are many times when it's like, man, we wish we were able to do this, but the enemy, and the, God is the enemy in the context of the book, just has such an advantage in this and this, and he does this, and I can't believe he's this way. And, like, they're not only are they being mocked by the 
like in a satiric way, but they're also in a way mocking themselves because like they're, they're, you know, kind of admitting without admitting that they're on the losing side. And that's kind of half of the point of it too. Mm, there's the, there's the, um, I, I, I made a joke about being, um, Monty Python. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that very British sense of humor, um, mm-hmm. all through this. Mm-hmm. That's sort of, uh, that's sort of the satire. Um, how am I trying to word this? <clears throat> I, I, I kind of, um, after you read the first time and it kind of, you let it hit you and you get to read it again, you can kind of pick up on more of the nuances. And part of it's really amusing. If you read this book, uh, it, it, we never think of, uh, no matter who you are as a person, you think of demons as being these, you know, these uh, big, bad looking evil entities that are um, out to kill you, out to destroy you, out to steal your soul, all this kind of stuff. But this book definitely puts, uh, it's almost like screw tape is this guy behind a desk wearing a, a tie, um, and, you know, and, and business formal clothing and, and, and being a consultant. And it's interesting, um, because like mm-hmm. I said, that's, that's the satire there too, is it paints this very interesting, uh, picture of, of what a, of what a demon would be or what a demon would do. And how they would instruct it. Because you don't think about there being like, there's this demon like writing to his uncle being like, hey, I can't get this guy to fall. Like, do you have any suggestions? He's like, oh, yeah, you should do this thing. It's, it's, it, it is, it's comical in, in its mm-hmm. own way. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> hey, I just discovered something. And I, I can get it for free on Kindle because the paid Kindle thing that I'm doing. Um, uh, and I kind of like it. Um, uh, and I, oh, I, I like the idea of it, but it's probably going to be poorly written, and I'm going to look at it uh, and see if it is poorly written uh, sometime soon. But it is the name of it, and it's not written by C.S. Lewis. It's written by, I forget the author now. Uh, I've never heard of him before. But the name of it is The Michael Letters, Heaven's Answer to Screw Tape. I've never heard of that. Yeah, it seems like it could be interesting. I'm going to check it out. But yeah, like right um, uh, yeah. also I'm going to ask you to continue on with a thought because I'm, uh, normally my, what I would say would be an answer to your thought, but I realized that I was looking at my phone, looking at the Michael letters, uh, while you were saying the last thing you were saying, and I realized that I wasn't paying attention to you in the slightest bit. Um, uh, so I can't answer, I can't answer you when I don't know what you said. Hmm. <clears throat> I was just kind of diving off the deep end a little bit about the satirical side um and honestly we should probably move on from the satirical side if i'm being honest because not that that's Mm -hmm. not good it's great uh but that's not the uh the meat and potatoes of of this book Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and i don't know we never talk we we try not to talk in detail about what we're going to talk about for this reason and i like that but i mean we could probably go over some favorite quotes of this um, and kind of like talk about the implications of those quotes because obviously we've already summed up the book um, so for someone who hasn't read the book you already understand it enough to know mm-hmm. what it is um, the importance of this book you could really get the entire gist of this book and the importance of this book looking at the top 20 quotes um, from it I don't advise doing that I advise reading it 
but I, you mm-hmm. could really get the importance from reading just the top 20 quotes from the screw tape letters and they're they're absolutely doozies um i was going to read a few of them um and we can talk about them individually i don't know if you i'm sure you have a few that you like as well <clears throat> but um my favorite as far as short ones my favorite one is the long one that i've um i mentioned in the last episode uh, but my favorite short one is the one that really uh, goes along with the quote that I said you should be keeping by you while you're doing this. It is a, it is funny how mortals always picture us as putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. And that is a hand-in-hand quote of the, you know, the, the, the biggest lie the devil's ever told is that it doesn't exist. It has such deep and incredibly heavy implications uh, by that quote because it's not a simple quote um, mm-hmm. it looks simple on the surface and it's short on the surface but oh my goodness it's so that's so deep um, if you if you think about the idea and you have to read the rest of the book to really get this but the entire concept of what screw tape is instructing wormwood to do mm-hmm. is this extremely <clears throat> simplified, undercomplicated um, way of thinking and mindset to push in this individual and this really mm-hmm. sums it up for me uh, it, it's as simple as not overcomplicating things not filling it full of doubt not filling it full of this thing just to you know we don't think mm-hmm. about this thing no we don't think about this thing oh that thing's unimportant it's just it's uh, and, and the number of things that that could apply to are astronomical mm-hmm yeah, and I am. Uh, I I also like that. It's kind of. It's not stated in the letters. Actually, the the literal opposite is stated in the letters, but it's implied by the like the the reader must infer from the letters <laughs> that Wormwood's failure to secure the patient is actually not based on Wormwood's incompetence. Because at every step of the way, you see that, you know, there was something that God said that threw off Wormwood's plan. Uh, There was a good Christian influence, and now Wormwood is unable to do what he wanted to do. Um, Like, everything, like, obviously, you know, Screwtape is framing it as, Wormwood, you incompetent fool. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, but it's it's very much not that. And, like, that's, that's what I love about that, because... You know, what, whatever, like, you know, whether the fiction of the screw tape letters is correct in that you have a demon assigned to you, um, uh, which, um, uh, I'm gonna say, uh, uh, not every person can have their own individual, uh, demon, if I'm correct about the numbers, uh, because if you look at the number of angels that's mentioned in Revelation, you see 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands referring to the number of angels. And that is the number of angels remaining. And that would be 100 some odd million angels. And if Lucifer took the third part of the angels with him, therefore the amount of angels remaining is equal to double the number of demons that Lucifer has under his control. We now know that there's approximately 50 million demons if those numbers are the numbers that are referring to what I think they're referring to. And with 7 billion people in the world, 50 demons is 50 million demons is not enough to give everybody one demon. No, not really. <clears throat> no. And, and hilarious math there. 
that's another thing yeah. you brought up the <laughs> one word you incompetent fool it's really funny to me because again like mm-hmm. I said like you get this feeling of a demon behind a desk writing these as someone who spent all of their real career in corporate America it's really funny uh, because mm-hmm. it, it feels just like that <laughs> like there's mm-hmm. this wave of uh, unstoppable stuff that's happening that you're supposed to be doing stuff against and they're like why aren't you fixing it it feels a lot like that it makes it feel like hell is a business and it's always been very funny to me mm-hmm yeah, now I'm 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 gonna uh, I I have to to read this quote. Um, uh, something that was said earlier made me think of it, uh, and I'm so I'm gonna read it. Um, uh, and it's probably completely off topic now. It's definitely not off topic because it's a quote straight from the Screw Tape Letters, but it's a delightfully fun quote. Um, uh, this just shows. Um, uh, uh, this 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 just shows. Uh, like you know, going into Wormwood's failure um, uh, as a demon, and then what happens after that. Uh, the the intro that we did before the music in last week's episode, um, uh, that was the intro to uh, oh yeah that 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 was the introduction to the thirty first letter uh, of the Screw Tape Letters, and this quote is from the thirty first letter also, but it's it's really good. Uh, and that is, and, and that, that is this. It's um, uh, going into Wormwood's failures. Is that um, uh, the more one thinks about it, the worse it becomes. He got through so easily. No gradual misgivings. No doctor's sentence. No nursing home. No operating theater. No false hopes of life. Sheer instantaneous liberation. One moment it seemed to be all our world. The scream of bombs. The fall of houses. The stink and taste of high explosive on the lips and in the lungs. The feet burning with weariness. The heart cold with horrors. The brain reeling, the legs aching. Next moment, all this was gone. Gone like a bad dream, never again to be of any count. Defeated, outmaneuvered fool. Did you mark how naturally, as if he'd been born for it, the earthborn vermin entered the new life? How all his doubts became, in the twinkling of an eye, ridiculous. I know what the creature was saying to itself. Yes, of course. It always was like this. All horrors have followed the same course, getting worse and worse and forcing you into a kind of bottleneck, till, at the very moment when you thought you must be crushed, behold, you were out of the narrows and all was suddenly well. The extraction hurt more and more, and then the tooth was out. The dream became a nightmare, and then you woke. You die and die, and then you are beyond death. How could I have ever doubted it? Yeah, and that, I don't remember what else would make me think of that, but like, it's it's beautiful like it's you know so yeah wormwood fails in the end the the subject of the the or the 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 recipient of the letters that screw tape is writing uh he fails in the end he's supposed to keep his patient alive until they can uh remove him from christianity and um uh he's killed by a bomb which makes me think since everything i said yeah exactly um uh but uh, everything i i said um, uh, yeah, like, I, or not everything I said, but one of the things that I said previously was that all the stuff that's happening to the patient is like, you know, it's, you know, there's this random divine intervention, um, uh, and, or, uh, yeah, random divine intervention or a good influence on his life or, you know, something like that. And I'm very curious, um, uh, I wonder if the, the inference that a person might take from this letter is that Wormwood may have been 
like, like may, may have soon been successful if he wasn't making progress. Um, uh, and the death, the, the bombs that killed the patient were a mercy, like sent by God. You know, because I, I, I'm, I'm sure God's done that before. Like, I don't want you to make this decision, and you're, I, I, I think you're going to make this decision. So instead of you making this decision that's going to drag you away from me that I don't want, I will instead allow you to be, there are people that are going to die today, and I will allow you to be among them to prevent you from making the decision that will, that will ruin your life. It's a very, uh, a very deep subject for a fictional character. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's uh, it's an interesting point. Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably an interesting point. Or <clears throat> the, it it would very be it would be very um, it'd be a very British piece of humor. If you think about it that way, of have an entire book of all the ways this uh this demon is building up to this big climax and the big climax is no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's no. <laughs> the answer is no. I mean, that's... that's <clears throat> again, very British humor. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's more poetic that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, again, funny. <clears throat> really, really funny uh, to think about that as a concept. Uh, not nearly as funny as the implication that um, screw tape is going to eat wormwood because that's kind of oh, yeah. inferred. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, at the at, at the at the very end there, um, uh, which that the quote that implies that he's going to eat him at one point, um, uh, or at least somehow ingest him. That was the introduction quote last week. Um, uh, but then at the end of the of that letter, most truly do I sign myself. Your increasingly and ravenously affectionate uncle, Screw Tape. Yeah, there at the end, it's a hmm. <laughs> or I guess I I I, I, I guess that's uh, in a previous letter that that is a, a statement that it absolutely says that. Um. Uh, uh. The 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 justice of hell is more practical. Bring us food or be food yourself. Uh, literal in this case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Beautiful. Um. Uh, but yeah. <clears throat> so obviously, there's there's more. I mean, like like yeah. Do, do you want to like go into more detail of the things that happen within the screw tape letters, or I'm like are that while like, I'm looking at quotes? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, like, if we're wanting to go into detail, like, you know, follow the life of the patient, go into detail, talking about how, you know, the, the methods they're talking about, or if we should just say, listen, like, that's kind of how the screw tape letters pans out, um, uh, what we just said, now go read it for yourself, you need to read it, um, uh, and then, yeah, for the last couple minutes, um, uh, that we have, uh, move on to, you know, a different... Uh, uh, like move on to you know mere Christianity and talk about the concepts within that. Yeah, I don't really want to talk more about the screw tape letters. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I'd love to, but I, I would love to, I'd love to talk about it all day long. Uh, but I really just want people to read it. Um, it's such a good book, and I don't want to give more of it away. It's it's phenomenal. Hmm. Yeah.
Yeah. I'm not see. <clears throat> but it's some, uh, uh, let's see, let me, let me find this. Um, uh, but yeah, mere Christianity then we'll, we'll move on to that. It's like the, obviously like, you know, most of mere Christianity, like, you know, having been cemented in my beliefs before I ever read the book, um, uh, it was much more about, um, uh, it, it was, it was much, for me, it was much more hearing someone in, incredibly intelligent cementing what I said, um, uh, uh, or cementing what I knew to be the case, um, uh, and, um, uh, yeah, what I knew to be the case. So, like, it, it wasn't so much, um, uh, I, um, uh, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it wasn't so much that I read it and I discovered new doctrine from it, but I, um, uh, uh, <clears throat> Uh, but I, you, 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 you know, like the, there, there are a few things that I didn't quite know how to explain. But, and then once I read this, I figured out, hey, that's a fantastic explanation for it. Um, uh, and it's it's so, like I I don't I don't know it's like it's it's so, like it's it's a good read like if you want to understand what the concept of Christianity is, you don't know then read mere Christianity. If you are a Christian and want something that's going to submit your doctrine, um, uh, then... Also read it. Yeah, also read it. It's... <clears throat> um, uh, it, it's, it, it's... It's fantastic. I feel like um, a lot of people that are in... That are Protestants, especially in the more aggressive um, sects, shall we say, sects, sects, <laughs> um, do find this book to be rather soft, um, because I don't, I believe I'm true in, in, in saying this. A lot of people who are in the same belief system that you and I were raised in don't like philosophical approaches to the Bible. They only like very, very literal statements. They don't like these broad sweeping, more broad sweeping statements that help you think about mm -hmm. it and help you understand it through <coughs> your own self. That's what philosophy is. Philosophy is giving you a, a lens through which to view what you are already viewing in a way that allows you to figure it out for yourself. Um, and I'm not trying to call them simpletons by any means, um, but they don't like to deal in these methods. And because of that, they've kind of viewed um, Lewis's stuff as not being, as not being doctrine uh, or doctrinal, I should say. Like we always have, uh, they don't like the idea of him not coming out and preaching a sermon um, in a way. So while there are some people who absolutely love it and think it's phenomenal, the more, I don't want to say more educated, but more educated, um, mm -hmm. 
people who we've heard teach um, will latch onto it and the less will kind of dismiss it because they don't like to speak in broad terms, so to speak. You were... We did this longer than I thought we would already. Longer than we normally do. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Go back on topic. Um... I, so it's been a long time since I've read Mere Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and, I, I, and I don't have some of the nuances that you do now. You've read it more recently than me, and you have a better memory than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but a quote that I think is fantastic um, that I had forgotten the exact wording of, although I've always remembered the concept, was, it is better to forget about yourself altogether. Now, that's obviously the end of a, a lengthier passage that is uh, extremely helpful and extremely useful and extremely great. But that one line is, I think it's one of the more difficult things to process as a human. And it's one of the most philosophical things he said in the entire book, even though it's a very simple <coughs> sentence. Um, but I find it to be one of the most useful things he said once you can wrap your mind around it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sounds like yes. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I cannot oh. disagree with the statement because I'm typing. Okay. So, yeah, um, uh, I actually – I didn't catch the quote that you were giving. I believe I you that. said there was a quote you had in mind, and I didn't catch it. Um, uh, yeah, so I, let's yeah, say it again. Yeah, and then I'll, then I'll agree with it. And, uh-huh. It is better to forget about yourself altogether. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, I absolutely agree with that. Okay, yes. Thank you for agreeing <laughs> with me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, uh, this is um, something, uh, uh, my one of my single favorite quotes from Mere Christianity. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time uh, from anything. It's a single paragraph, and it was this. He told people that their sins were forgiven and never waited to consult all the other people whom their sins had undoubtedly injured. He unhesitatingly behaved as if he was the party chiefly concerned, the person chiefly offended in all offenses. This makes sense only if he really was the God whose laws are broken and whose love is wounded in every sin. In the mouth of any speaker who is not God, these words would imply what I can only regard as a silliness and conceit unrivaled by any other character in history. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, <clears throat> genuinely fantastic quote. Because I think that, the, especially all of it, because he's, he's making a slightly different point than I am, but <clears throat> that thought process gives you a completely different lens to view, well, really the whole Bible. But honestly, a big chunk of the of the Old Testament, because um, obviously we deal with the law um, and the sterner stuff in some mm-hmm. of the you know our first five books of the Bible. Um, but I, I I feel like we view it as stern <coughs> more often than not because we view rules as being stern and laws as being stern but that quote really puts it into a completely different perspective of mm-hmm. of the um, the point <laughs> is a weird thing to say but the point God is coming from 
um, it, I think it makes you view <clears throat> all of that portion of the Bible completely differently, in my opinion, and it makes it a very powerful quote. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Are we the only people to be talking this in-depth about theology while drinking alcohol? <laughs> um. Well, given, like... Uh, uh, like sixty years ago, we wouldn't have been. Um, uh, True. Today, because of how everything has has gone and changed and 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 whatever, um, uh, you um, uh, uh, we there won't be very many. Um, uh, and the ones besides us that do, I don't know that I would trust their theology. <laughs> <laughs> That's a resounding point. Yeah. Like it's it's just just because like I have like you know a very biblical opinion of alcohol, and very very extremely few people claim to have the opinion that I do, and of those extremely few people who claim to have the opinion that I do, uh, it's an even fewer number that actually do. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> for sure. So. <clears throat> Was there anything else you wanted to mention from this particular thing? Because I, I really love leaving both of these books a little bit blank because uh, I, I really want people to read mm-hmm. them. Um, I don't want to give away too much of the, of the plot, as it were. Yeah, well, I was trying to find one thing. Uh, if I'm talking about mere Christianity, there's one thing that I really wanted to talk about because uh, we have someone who's very close to us here uh, who absolutely will not be listening to this. But... Um, uh, that has absolutely zero idea of how the Trinity works. And mm. it's such a fantastic quote. And I'm going to butcher it if I just try to just say it. So I have to, I have to find it. But it's it's basically... Um, uh, uh, it, it's, 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 I'm, I'm going to take one really thing real fast. It's... Um, uh, uh, it's like <clears throat> explaining how um uh, like how the 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 three persons of of the godhead would work and i never heard someone describe it that way and it like it really works really well like um uh, uh the first thing is like it went into uh the father and the son and and it um uh uh, like it, it mentions, you know, the, the the son being or Christ being referred to as the Word in John one, and that was how they went in on there. Um, it here we go. Here, here it is. Um, uh, I said a few pages back that God is a being which contains three persons while remaining one being, just as a cube contains six squares while remaining one body. But as soon as I begin trying to explain how these persons are connected, I have to use words which make it sound as if one of them was there before the others. The first person is called the Father and the second the Son. We say that the first begets or produces the second. We call it begetting, not making, because what he produces is of the same kind as himself. In that way, the word Father is the only word to use. But unfortunately, it suggests that he is there first, just as a human father exists before his son. But that is not so. There is no before and after about it. And that is why I have spent some time trying to make clear how one thing can be the source or cause or origin of another without 
being there before it. The Son exists because the Father exists, but there never was a tune before the Father produced the Son. <clears throat> Which is fantastic. And I assume that this is a typo in the in this edition. It's supposed to be a time. There never was a time before the Father. So that is, the Father and the Son are constantly... Thing. So, so like the, the Son... Uh, here we go. In the same way we must think of the Son always, so to speak, streaming forth from the Father. Like a light from a lamp or heat from a fire or thoughts from a mind. He is the self-expression of the Father. What the Father has to say is so, you know, in John 1, it's referred to the Son as the Word. And there never was a time when he was not saying it. But have you noticed what is happening? All these pictures of light or heat are making a sound as if the Father and Son were two things instead of two persons. So after all, so after, so that after all, the New Testament picture of a father and son turns out to be much more accurate than anything we try to substitute for it. That is what always happens when you go away from the words of the Bible. It is quite right to go away from them for a moment in order to make some special point clear, but you must always go back. Naturally, God knows how to describe himself much better than we know how to describe him. <laughs> Which is fantastic, by the way. That's such a, yeah, like, like a, a jovial <laughs> poke at the entire mm-hmm. concept of of the um, the the red faced sweaty brow preacher concept of how they describe this it's just funny to read yeah and the reason why like the description of the trinity in this is so important to me um uh, and the way that my church teaches the the trinity which is the same effectively the same way not uh, slightly different wording but the same the same way and it's the way that, that less intelligent I, let's be honest uh, yeah, very much less intelligent. My pastor is an intelligent man, but he's not C.S. Lewis. <clears throat> no, he's not. Um, uh, I can yeah. confirm this. <clears throat> Absolutely. He's dead. Um, uh, yeah, and actually, uh, my pastor is, he's not a young, very young man, but he is young enough that he did die before, or he was born but after C.S. Lewis died. <clears throat> um, uh, but he, um, uh, uh, he, uh, but, but yeah, and I, I there's someone who's, very close to us that subscribes to the teachings of Arius, which is, um, uh, the, the T and, and, you know, debunking and, you know, uh, de- debunking the teachings of Arius were the entire reason for the, the, it was the entire reason for the council of Nicaea. Um, uh, mm-hmm. back in, when was that? 300 something AD. Um, uh, ago. yeah, that was the entire reason for that council was for, uh, Arius to come and tell his side and then have everybody else debunk him. Um, uh, but his teachings was that if there is a father and a son, by nature of being father and son, the son must somehow be lesser than the father. And right. I, I, I have someone very close to me who does believe that way. And it, um, uh, it's, it's very unfortunate. Which, by the way, um, uh, uh, Nicholas... Uh, you know Nicholas, the uh, the the person after whom Saint Nicholas, Santa Claus, is um uh, is is named. When Arius stood up uh, and told his opinion of that, Nicholas got up from his seat, crossed the room, and slapped him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the appropriate response. Absolutely, but it was great. <clears throat> But yeah. yeah, I know. I was there. Fantastic chair. Yeah. I clapped. <laughs> but there's a there, there's a uh, a legend there, and um, uh, a portion of it is true. Um, uh, but uh, and I don't know how much of it is true and how much of it's not true. I hope the whole thing's true because it's wonderful. But um, uh, 
he, uh, so this was before the received text were written. The received text were written, I think, like in the 1400s. But there was a Latin version pre-received texts that they had for the scripture at that time. And um, uh, and it's important to know that they did have written scripture, uh, written compiled scripture at that time, even though it was before the received. The Textus Receptus was written. Um, uh, and they, um, uh, but it was... I can't think of who it was, but the the Roman emperor at the time, um, uh, he had a law that no violence could be done in his presence, um, uh, and so they were going to throw Nicholas in prison for slapping Arius, and um, uh, he said, and uh, the emperor basically said, "Hey, I'm just like I'm only here on a technicality. This is a church issue. Church handle it." And so they wanted to put Nicholas in. Uh, in jail uh, for, until the council had, you know, uh, had had uh, dismissed, and then they were going to figure out what to do with him after that. And they said that um, uh, uh, during the night while he was in jail, so they they stripped him of his cardinal robes, um, uh, so he's no longer a cardinal because they took his robes off. And they said, um, uh, uh, and that they, they they threw him in uh, in 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 jail. And it was said that while he was in his cell, Christ came to him and said, Nicholas, why did you slap that man? And he said, I was defending you, Lord. And the response from Jesus was something to the effect of, I appreciate the sentiment, but uh, if you think that you need to slap people to defend me, then you don't quite understand what I want. And so to understand what I want better, here, read this, and handed him a copy of the compiled scriptures that they had. And while he was reading it, um, uh, Christ put his cardinal robes back on him. And when they came in to check on him the next morning, he had the scripture and was reading it and was wearing his cardinal robes. And they went and told the emperor, and he said, well, take him out of jail this instant. Bring him back in here. <laughs> Solid chance that... Mm-hmm. That very well could be. It's very uh, uh. fantastic. That's a hilarious story. Uh-huh. <laughs> In that case, bring him here at once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was pretty good. But yeah. Um, have we managed to get off on a tangent on this one? We've done it again. Yeah, we have. Well, I, I said last week it was going to happen. Um, uh, we Yeah, like, I think that if we stayed on topic, on any of our topics... Uh, it wouldn't be super whiskey bros. This is true. Mm. This is not untrue. Well, I'm gonna be mm. honest with you. I'd really like to end it there. Um yeah. I want I don't wanna go I don't want to go any deeper. I want people to read these books. Mere Christianity by C. S. Lewis, read it. Uh the screw mm-hmm. taped letters by C. S. Lewis, go read it. Um mm-hmm. if I were to suggest an order to read them in, read the screw taped letters first. Uh not for any other reason than you're much more likely the average listener. Uh, is much more likely to read that book first because it's not quite so blatantly theological. And mm-hmm. then after you read that, at least consider reading <clears throat> Mere Christianity. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And Mere Christianity is referenced in the Screwtape Letters. It is. Mm-hmm. Because it was written, drumroll, after the Screwtape Letters. Hey! Wait a um, minute. Uh, That's not right. The, Time travel. The other way around. Anyways. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I think uh, the best way to end this is with a quote from St. Francis of Assisi. Do it. The quote is, 
Witness at all times. Use words if necessary. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And to quote Anyways. Tombstone, well, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>